On today's episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Watchable, we talk about the Weird Al trailer being released. We also talk about Justin Lin. He left the Fast franchise. Who will direct the next Fast and Furious movie? We won't get to that answer. But we talk about that, and we also talk about the movie The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, the new Nick Cage movie. All that coming up right now. What's the worry here, Nick? You've lost some of your talent as an actor? No. <laughs> what did he say? He says he loves you, but he went in a different direction. I'm done. I'm quitting acting. Oh, man, I'm driving through the hills. I'm sorry. One more time. Paddington 2 is incredible. And, and Javi goes, <laughs> I... He told you, man. <laughs> it's the good, the bad, the watchable. We are back after uh, a few weeks after watching Dear Evan Hansen. Oil's <laughs> jacked up. Mark Sisto also jacked up. See us rise. Celtics tied this series up. Uh, guys, let's jump right into it. Weird Al trailer finally comes out starring Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, <laughs> the trailer is clearly taking on a certain tone. The uh, headline uh, or underneath the article is uh, that uh, I'm so excited for you to see the insane, wonderful film that we have made, Radcliffe said. Thank you, Roku, for letting us make such an insane, weird film. Getting to do this was genuinely the most fun thing I've ever gotten to do in my life, and I hope it is as fun to watch as it was to make. Uh, what'd you guys think of the trailer? Didn't watch it. So, Mark, what'd you think of the trailer? You know, I liked it. Um, growing up, this is back in the LimeWire days. I would uh, download Weird Al songs. You know, we're going back to stuff like Eat It, uh, Amish Paradise. I've always been a fan. So to get something like this, um, especially after we've seen uh, something that we've enjoyed, kind of like Never Stop, Never Stopping. Like we know that like a parody music movie can can be decent it, it can be good so i like i think this is i'm excited i'm gonna watch this but i'm also a big weird out guy i know most of the songs i grew up with all that silly humor i'm i'm good with this but i'm not expecting a lot like i don't think it's going to be one of my favorite movies yeah i mean this movie is going to roku which is a pretty much a free service everyone either has access to roku or has a roku so yeah, I, I'm a Roku guy. I mean, it's not, it's not expensive. Um, like I have a, the smart TV or whatever. So like to, just to pick up the channel. So when I saw that it was like a Roku thing, I was like, Oh, good. I'm yeah. going to watch it. Like it. And honestly, when I first heard about this movie, I was interested. And then I saw this trailer and I was like, okay, good. Like they're not, they're clearly not taking it seriously. They're making it look like one of those stereotypical music biopics where, <laughs> the meteoric rise and like, whoa, he's out of control. Like he's drinking on stage. Like Weird Al is shirtless and jacked <laughs> on stage, which as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay. Yeah. They have him do like the triple H, like mist. Yeah. Like it was like a, with like a vodka bottle. I was like, okay, this is going to be hilarious, which is yeah. what it should be because it's Weird Al. It should be funny. Absolutely. And uh, so I, I'm in, um, 
This comes out later this year. I don't know if there was a, a release date necessarily on there. Eric Apple is the one who wrote and directed this movie. Uh, you know, he did uh, a few episodes of Brooklyn Nine Nine, uh, writing and directing that. Silicon Valley, New Girl, Son of Zorn. So he's got a good comedic background. I like kind of like the stuff he does. Like some of that stuff I've seen. So I, I'm excited for this. Boyle, uh, what your memory of the Weird Al movie? You in or not? Um, I'm a huge Weird Al fan. Um, probably bigger than Mark, just like Marvel. And, um, <laughs> but no, I, I actually am a huge Weird Al fan. I know probably every song. Um, and I loved it. Me and Eric Gergi back in the day, that was our thing. Um, shout out to him. Um, and I, I just genuinely loved him. Still do. I got huge respect for the guy. I think he, he has a great career. I think he's trying to come back to the market now. Um, and Hey, whatever. I, I mean, UHF, um, it was what it was. I don't think it's a good representation of who he is and the work he made. Um, Hey, we'll see what he does with Daniel Radcliffe. I really could care less. Um, it'll be good. I'll probably take it for what it is, but meh. too many blockbusters out there. Ross, right. A lot of, a well, lot of million dollar movies coming. A lot of blockbusters. One of them that someone is not going to be involved with any longer is Justin Lind. He left fast 10. He was set to direct this movie. You know, it's the franchise that builds itself on family and a member of the family just left. Uh, you know, Mark, is are things teetering here for the Fast franchise? Are, are we going to be out? Something seems a little bit off here. Uh, what really uh, got to me was uh, the reports of why the guy would leave. Right, And apparently, the rumor is that he hated working with Vin Diesel so much. Like he was out. He said that, uh, you know, this guy is showing up late all the time. He doesn't know his lines, like yada, yada. And then one of the funniest things that was going around on uh, Elon Musk's uh, Twitter and Internet was uh, that viral video of, of Vin Diesel with the director. And he's like, are we having so much fun? And the director's like, uh, uh yeah. And it was and so all the awkward. replies were basically saying, like, dude, if you're being held hostage, like let us know. Like, Wait, twice. Send someone in. And then he left like days later after that post. So uh I mean I that's really unfortunate. He's a talented director. But uh did they say who they got to replace him? You know, I'm reading through the article now, and it just mentions, you know, as of the time of this recording, May 3rd, that uh, that they parted ways. And, uh, you know, I will keep looking to see if they have a director lined up. He's directed five of the Fast movies, uh, starting with Tokyo Drift. He directed Fast 9. He did Fast 5, which I think is everyone's favorite. You know, at least it's my favorite. Um, so, I mean, the, I mean, the budget for this movie is over $300 million. Uh, so we'll see. I, I don't know who, I don't think they have a director listed, but he's directed half of them. He's directed over half I, of the you know, fast I'm movies. Boyle. It doesn't matter I, like, who's directing who this. Like, like it, we know what we're going to get with, like, you're, we're not looking for some profound piece of cinema. It, it's like the fast franchise. It's going to yeah. be ridiculous how they haven't just like locked Michael Bay into like a lifelong contract to be that director. Cause it would just be amazing. Just have like cars flying all over the place, crashing into stuff. You don't need a plot. Like just go nuts. And not for nothing, but here's the thing. Like everyone, this is now what the second or third person who's come out and said, they don't like to work with Vin Diesel. 
I mean, yes, it definitely could affect the franchise, but the franchise is going to be made. And like Mark said, like someone else is going to come pick it up. They're going to do another one. I, I, I don't think it's honestly going to make it past 10. I think they're going to have to close it out because it's getting a little too much and um, just it's the same thing. We get it. The Toretto family family and let's uh, let's let's move on. Um, so I think they'll probably get one more movie out of this, but at the end of the day, that's it. I, I, don't, they, I don't know. I think they intended on making only one final one with this. Uh, I think the part one and part two finale. Uh, I think the leading candidate to fill in the director's chair is F. Gary Gray, who did Fate of the Furious. That was the eighth movie. Uh, James Wan has also directed in the past. David Leitch directed Hobbs and Shaw. So, but he's. Yeah, he's, they have options, man. Yeah, but Justin Lin's movies are kind of my favorite. I don't know. So that wraps up our news segment. Let's move along now to some more recent movies that have actually come out. One movie that we were anticipating for. Gosh, at least six months, I think, when we first started hearing about this movie. Uh, it stars one of the favorites of our podcast here, Nicolas Cage. It was drafted by our pal Mark DeSisto in the movie draft with dual redundancy this year. It is the unbearable weight of massive talent. Let's read the log line of this, shall we? And I, I mean, I think most people who listen to this podcast have heard the plot of this, but let me read it for everyone, just in case they haven't. In this action-packed comedy, Nicolas Cage plays Nick Cage, channeling his iconic characters as he's caught between a superfan, Pedro Pascal, and a CIA agent, Tiffany Haddish. This was directed by Tom Gormican, uh, you know, written by him and Kevin Etten, but the main star of this movie is Nicolas Cage, Pedro Pascal, Tiffany Haddish. I mean, Boyle, we've, we've started with Mark this whole time. Let's get your quick thoughts here on the unbearable weight of massive talent. Um, I... Uh, I went into this with all of you. We had a good time going into the movie and I, I enjoyed it, but I, I know I didn't enjoy it as much as both of you guys. Um, I felt like I was in the middle of laughter and I wasn't in on the joke the whole time. Um, I, you were dying with B cat and Jules over on my right. It was Mark and Sean dying laughing too. And I felt like I laughed and had a good time, but like, Honestly, I was a little underwhelmed. Like I, I was just expecting just a little bit more. I did laugh. I had a really good time. Um, and I liked what they did. It just, it was, the ending was so rushed for me. And I just was like, I want a little bit of a better closure. I want a little bit more references to certain films and things. And, um, but it's okay. Like I got to take it for what it is. I enjoyed it. Um, but again, this is to me just a watchable, uh, this wasn't fantastic. Go see it. You got to see this. this is unbelievable. Um, it was a, it was a good, enjoyable, watchable film. And that's kind of where I stand on it. Um, I know we had talked scores. We had a mini segment we did the other day, um, the night of, I mean, and even to this moment, I honestly don't even know what I gave it in the moment. Actually, I think I was, I you gave I was it a, a seven. I think. It was a, so I think what it was is I was going to give it a seven and a half, but then I was like my, you know, my classic roundup round down and I rounded it down to seven and I'm actually very happy with where I'm at. I might even go down to a six and a half, but like a very good six and a half, seven. Like I, I enjoyed it. I would watch this movie again because I think there's a lot of lines and fun things in it that, 
you just you're you're almost overwhelmed the first time you watch it. There's a lot to see, a lot to go on. Um, so I bet I could still watch this again, still have a good laugh, and still enjoy it. It just like it wasn't the nine I honestly expected to feel getting out of there. And um, with just the constant, the way you guys felt is what I wanted to feel. And I wasn't feeling it, I guess is where I'm going. So I'll stop there. I'll let someone else take over, but that that's kind of where I was. At, so. I'll take over because. Because <laughs> it was a huge silence. I mean, I think this was, this was for the Nicolas Cage neck beards. This was for the Nicolas Cage super fans. Like we've all seen the compilation videos on YouTube, how funny some of his overacting is. We know all the jokes that, uh, you know, he went bankrupt. So we, he's just taking any movie that they would give him. So he was literally in every movie for like a decade stretch. But this guy is talented. I mean, he's an amazing actor. He's an Oscar winner. Totally. Um, there were some jokes that, or references that I don't think most people would get. So that's why I uh, completely understand and agree where like Boyle is coming from. Cause we know like one of my jokes is that like, if I know Nick Cage is in the movie, I'm going to watch. It. So I've seen like so many of these Nick Cage movies. And I got a lot of the references. Like, let's take, um, I mean, it's a spoiler, not spoiler, but throughout the movie when Nick Cage is talking to Nick Cage, like, as though he's there, that's probably a reference to Adaptation, which is one of his better movies, which is a, you know, deep, uh, difficult, like, subject to try to, like, follow on, and a piece of art. Like, that's one of his more serious movies, but, like, that subtle reference like to such a profound movie in his career showing up like pretty much immediately. I just thought it was like hilarious. Like to me, this was a laugh riot. It was like appreciating the Nick Cage joke. This is, this delivered on everything I wanted. Maybe like if I'm going to complain, I would have liked it to get a little more ridiculous. Like I would have liked maybe some more like in your face, references to some of the more hilarious movies that he's done that like i definitely was kind of missing out on like i would like that but i came away completely satisfied with this movie i loved it there are references to like a ton of the classics i mean in the first like when it opens they go straight to con air i was like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna love this it's great like rojas like what do you think I mean, Mark, you said it best, honestly. Like, I'm just like looking at all the Nick Cage movies I, I've seen here on Letterboxd, and the man has just brought me so much joy, uh, whether, you know, straightforward or ironically, he really has. I mean, first off, this man describes his acting style as nouveau shamanism. It's an acting method <laughs> that uh, he said, I thought it sounded cool. Uh, it involves augmenting <laughs> imagination, he said, because it's inspired by. The idea that actors are modern day shamans. Uh, so this man, the way he approaches movies, you can't take your eyes off him for good or worse, like for better or worse. Every time I see him in a movie, I'm like, ah, Nick Cage, man, he's just doing the Nick Cage thing. And I love it. Like, and it might not work all the time. So what? You, you leave the movie, you're like, well, Nick Cage did the thing. Maybe it wasn't that good. 
that's fine with me. I really love, I, I think I became like a real Nick Cage fan, Mark, and we all have our movies. I think National Treasure, yes. But what really sealed it for me was when I watched both Raising Arizona and then I watched this movie from the early 80s that, that he did. It was like one of his like first like big roles, Valley Girl. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Valley Girl. Because I'm, I'm actually looking at his filmography right now. I'm going to see like how many I've seen. And I got to scroll. I actually haven't seen Valley Girl yet. It's, it's one it's, of the few I haven't seen. It's cheesy early 80s, but it's, all, it's romantic. Uh, you'll, you'll kind of feel nostalgic for that time in high school where you're like, I'm in love with this person. Like I'm all in, like that kind of thing. And right. uh, I think that was like one of like my big, like I really like this Nick Cage guy. And uh, so, all right, but let's focus on the movie here. I was cracking up the entire time. Now, some may say, well, Nick, that's because maybe you had a few pops at Dave and Buster's beforehand. I would say I can't confirm or deny that. <laughs> can't confirm or deny that. What I can confirm is I was giggling the entire time for this movie. If you were a Nick Cage fan, ironically or unironically, if you, you get a kick out of him, if you like his work, you're going to enjoy this movie. My knock is same with Mark. I wish this movie was a little bit longer. This is a lean, lean movie. It's, it's short. But I, want, I want to say not, not exactly like longer. No, I wanted reference. them to, to go like a little, like I wanted them to go full Nick Cage. So I thought finish, maybe man. they left a little bit to be desired. Like I wanted them to maybe go a little, because it, it was absurd. It was ridiculous. But I wanted, like, it still left me wanting more of the ridiculous. That's what I was going to say is that I, I like, Sorry. I wish, I wish there was more references. Cause while I was laughing the entire time I kept waiting, like, oh, is there going to be another reference here? Is there going to be like another face off reference? Like, so there's like a, there's like a room that the guy has. And if you've seen the trailers, you kind of understand this. And that's where kind of like the bulk of the references are. And then there's some offhanded references. Well, what, in the later like what movie. were you guys like for you guys, like in that like memorabilia room, which I am going to recreate. Yes. Like I'm, I'm like debating between like, do I have a man cave or do I just have a Nicholas cage, like memorabilia <laughs> room? A and this is a really, this is a really difficult, like, like, uh, uh, decision for me in my head right now. So what I'm was your guys' favorite part? I'm going to tell you right now, if you have a man came one day, like I 1000% every birthday buy you one Nick Cage thing. Like that's all I'm going to do for you. That's it. And every time you can put something new on the shelf. Every time. That's it. Now I know what to get for you for life. life. There's but a kissing scene in this movie that made me laugh the most, I think. Oh, that was good. But I want to come back to what you just asked because yeah, I, I think in the memorabilia room, there were so many different things that so I want to know what is, you guys noticed. The first. They were like, you guys the were pillow. like, Oh, that's, that's a reference to this. But the, here's the my Cage thing pillow. is that like, that was it. I, I know that they wanted to like tease you, right. Give you like a little bit of the room and not fully give you the room. But like, I wanted the full room. Like, don't, don't do that. Like if we're in the movie about Nicholas Cage, it's different if we're like in a different person's movie and then you're like, what? They have a Nicolas Cage room? No, no, no. I wanted the whole, I wanted them to go item by item and maybe leave like two items that you saw and they didn't touch upon out. But like, don't scan the in like huge room and give me two items and then just move on. Like I was like, no, I want more. Yeah. Don't do that no, I to agree me. Because like, if you're watching at home, then at least you could like pause it. And like take the time to like look, but we're watching it in theaters, and it was like it was pretty quick. So I don't even know what we missed, but there was because there was so much stuff in that room. But 
again, like to my question, I want to know what you guys like noticed, like first, because there was a couple ones that I noticed that I was like, okay, this is great. Yeah, it was the the pillow for me, for sure. Um, oh, the pillow was hilarious because that's like straight up meme though. Like it's just, it's an internet meme, and I think yeah, that's where they I, went that, meme on us. Yeah, so I, the movie props. I I actually want like I mean this isn't like a spoiler. But I was feverishly looking. Like the second they went into that room, I was looking for the Declaration of Independence. Same, dude. I was so. <laughs> can I tell you something? All like this, I honestly and I swear to you, this is one of the reasons it didn't get another bump up. You want to talk about my score with Cookie Rojas and saying the name of everything and whatever? But like to me, not showing the Declaration of Independence in this movie at all. And it could be in there, but at least pointed out like that hurt me. Like that to me was like, well, you get a knock for that because that's huge. Can, I was honest. Can I tell you what I was really hoping for? I was yes. genuinely hoping for some sort of like Andy Samberg thing that happened in some weird passing because like his impression is always so good. I like, did that. Wait, when? Because they had Nick Cage talking to Nick Cage like throughout the movie. Yeah, but no, no, but that's and not the one I, I wanted, I guess. I wanted the National Treasure it, one. Yeah, yeah, but if we're going to nitpick it, it would have been really funny if that, like, other Nick Cage wasn't, like... I guess I just Nick wanted Cage, other Nick Cage. But Cages. if it was Andy Samberg instead, like, that would have been hysterical. Or just multiple Nick Cages. Like, do every movie. Like, have him keep changing weird characters that, like, kind of twisted into Ooh, the scene he was I in. I like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, why was it always the really, same version? Why couldn't yeah, they do saw, other like, versions of him? Like oh my different God. characters from movies that would have been hilarious. Exactly. That was the that was my thing, man. That was my only kind of thing. Javi's shrine had the glowing green chemical weapons from the you, Did you not notice that? I, yeah. Dude, it's been like the first like, thing I know. It's been from, two weeks since I saw it. It's been two weeks it's, since I've seen it. What do you want from me? It's the rock, dude. It's like I've seen the rock once. It's hilarious. The Mandalay reference. The, they had too. the glove from uh, Moonstruck. Yeah, I haven't seen Moonstruck. I love Moonstruck. I've heard it's good. It's fantastic. Share. Shout out, Share. Shout out to Share always. So yeah, I, look for me. I, it's I, but hold on, really, really yeah. quick. I think the decision to go with Con Air as like the opening, like immediate reference, that was good. What would you guys go with if it wasn't Con Air? As like the linchpin? Yeah, because like they remember it opens. They're like, all right, they're watching like a Nick Cage movie. So if you don't go with Con Air, like which movie would you have picked? Can't mm. pick Con Air. Well, mm, I, for a movie like this, I, mm, I, I think. I, Conair's guy is so distinct because it's the hair. It's his biggest action role. Like, I don't think you can replace it, honestly. Like, I don't know. Face off. But like, is that distinct enough to be like a. Uh, I mean, I'd go. If you're asking me, I say uh, National Treasure. Mm. Yeah. Would probably be the next one. And then you like get him saying like, we're going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Like, that'd be easy. But face off to me, I think is. Another awesome choice. Like, that would be hilarious to me because I, mean, I love Faith. The life-size caster Troy was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <Fantastic>. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. How much <laughs> you spend 20 grand? <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's so good. Look, I giggled throughout this entire movie. And yes, the words giggle because I was literally giggling the entire time. Yeah. Maybe cat were just no, definitely, no, no, definitely no, 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 giggle. No, you were not giggling. You were genuinely belly laughing and doing full slaps to people the whole time. So I disagree, man. You were loving, uh, you were loving the movie more than I thought Mark honestly was. And I was like, Oh my God. I was watching that movie. Like no one else is in that theater because I, if, if you didn't come to that theater prepared to laugh on a, by the way, can we add that we were there opening night, Thursday, opening night of this movie. Like we were, we're first one seeing that movie. Like if you weren't ready to laugh, then I didn't want you in that theater. So eight, eight out of 10 for me. Massive. Yeah. Um, uh, to Boyle's point, I was holding back my laughter because I didn't want to miss any, like, like I was so entertained laughing at pretty much every line that came out of Nick Cage's mouth that I was worried that I was going to laugh through something and miss it. So mm-hmm. I was like restricting myself and honestly, I just thought it was hilarious. When we left the theater, I gave this a nine out of 10. I'm sticking with my nine out of 10. Love that. I mean, I was just, I do have some complaints, but to me, this delivered on exactly what I thought it would. And I am the Nick Cage super fan. High praise, nine out of 10. Love that. And Boyle, you gave your grade already. Do you want to repeat it? Yeah. So the night of, um, you know, in the movie theater, I always halfway through the movie, I said, Hey, 7.5. Right. Then I, when we were arguing, not arguing, discussing the movie afterwards, I was like, eh, I'm going to go down to seven because it was kind of like, I think I said seven, like Sean said seven and a half for us. You said eight, Mark said nine, whatever, but I'm actually going to lower my score. I'm going to a six and a half out of 10 on this movie. Um, I, I, I did like the movie. It just, honestly, guys, it's not to me, it's not settling well two weeks later that I'm like, wow, like this is so great. This is a seven. I got to see it again. Now, if I had to round six to seven, I got to sit on that. Does it round down to a six? Cause I still love Nick cage. I enjoy it. I was named after Nick cage guys. Um, but like, or does it go up to the seven? Cause I really did enjoy it. It could be still funny and a good time. Um, that I'll figure it out when I put it on letterbox, but I'm sick with the six and a half out of 10 right now. I, I just think that there's other things for people to see, but if you are a huge Nick cage fan or you are a somewhat of a Nick cage fan, you're going to enjoy this. This is a watchable and you should see this movie. That's where I'll leave this.